But I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's on the back of your shirt. <laughs> you did, you did a little free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. That's right. Uh, Brett Walsh. Wow. Am I already forgetting his name? It's only been like a couple, <laughs> only been like a month and a half. That's right. Brett Walsh. Volleyball is volleyball. And this is the best volleyball show on the internet. 81 square uh, meters of the best volleyball content on the internet. The nine by nine. My name is Everett Lorm, joined as always by Rob St. Clair coming in from Chicago. Um, Rob, happy belated birthday. I hope thank you. you uh, thank you. I, I hope you had a good time this, this weekend. Um, very, very much so. Thanks. How, how old is that now? I'm 28. That was my golden birthday, uh, for anybody that cares about that sort of thing. Like it used to be a big thing in middle school when you turn 11 on the 11th or you turn mm. nine on the ninth or whatever. I finally okay. turned uh, 28 on the 28th. So 28 uh, on, the, on the 28th, what it's worth. Yeah. Uh, so Beauty. yeah, I'm just one year closer to 30. That's Everett territory. Yeah, and, uh, is, in, and in that... celebration of being old, I'm breaking out, uh, for the first time on the show, I'm breaking out the glasses. turns out, uh, turns out I'm getting old and I need glasses to see stuff. So here we go. <laughs> well, welcome to the glasses land. I've been there since I was about eight. Uh, maybe you upgrade to contacts one day is like one day, like the big boys do, but Rob talking about upgrading, like the big boys do, it's been a bit of a, a slow week, let's say. What a segue. Yeah, not not much going on. Um, but there was one thing, and talking about upgrading, it was the Challenger Cup this past weekend. Eight of the uh, next best teams looking to get book their spot into next year's uh, VNL, and Rob's put up the winner from the men's side there, and really no, no surprise whatsoever. We both called it last week. 3-1 for Turkey over, or sorry, Cuba over Turkey uh, in the finals. They dominated uh, all the way through. And especially with all of the uh, missing personnel from teams like Chechia and Turkey, this one was Cuba's all the way. Yeah, this was definitely Cuba's tournament to lose. I think you're right. We both picked it last week. And even though what we didn't know on last week's show was that they did not have Robert Landy Simone. Uh, he had a late positive COVID test didn't make the trip at all to Korea and they also didn't have Marlon Yant I mean he dressed like you can see him kind of there in the photo uh, next to the guy with the suit and the mask by the coaching staff so he was there he was dressed but didn't see the court the entire time I guess there's some nagging injury that he's dealing with so the firepower that we kind of expected Cuba to ride to this tournament win they didn't actually have as much as we thought and what they did though have is Miguel Lopez who was a monster uh, 20 points in the final and the, the 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 difference to me between them and Turkey was that Cuba and Lopez got support I mean you got they got Jesus Herrera who's going to be the backup opposite of Perugia this year uh, mm -hmm. just about the same hitting efficiency as Lopez in 19 points so it's funny like you see Adis Lagumja there leading Turkey and scoring 22 but then after that it's four Cubans before you oh, yeah. get to another Turkish guy uh, on on the total scorers list, and that was Gunesh with who's a middle with only with only ten points. So like they're they kind of had the same problem that we've been talking about a couple teams recently who are single player dominated and just didn't have enough support everywhere else. Cuba yeah, had more; they had more even without Simone and Yant. Yeah, I mean you're seeing it 
in the top scores of the event to Lopez and Herrera finishing th- three, four and scoring with 50 and 49 points apiece. You know, you had Legumji at the top, but as you said, like Gungor is the next, uh, next highest Turkish guy up there. Uh, he doesn't even have half of Legumji's points. So, I mean, we, we both called it, uh, Cuba is hands down this the team and they even showed it here as you said without Yant without Simone two of arguably their two biggest names maybe Lopez but when you've got you know you've got Malgarejo who's has the ability to to step in there um alongside Lopez I mean he was a starting left side for them beforehand when Lopez Lopez was on uh, the right side anyways Herrera's showing to be he that, that he's got a cannon so it's gonna be interesting to see what he can do in the Italian league next year um and then also Romeo Alonso who's also going to be going to play in the Italian league next year like yeah these, back up like, for Piacenza right I like that kid yeah, yeah I, absolutely and I mean both of those guys, Malgarejo and uh, Alonso, played for a very solid Chaumont team uh, the past couple of years. So you have a lot of depth on this Cuban team. Now, past those guys, don't really have much more. But, um, Rob, we, we do have a question in the chat, right? Uh, it says, are Cuba an outside uh, chance for a medal at World Champs? I mean, we might as well just jump into that question right now since we're talking about it. Sure. I mean, outside chance, I think that might be fair to say. I mean, they're ranked decently high in the world uh, definitely top 15 uh, let me pull up what their most recent ranking is after winning this tournament i mean they've got the best middle on the planet uh they've got alonzo as their second middle who's very very capable like you just talked about if assuming marlon yant is healthy they've got three reliable enough outside hitter characters and like the starters of yant and lopez are really really darn good and then Herrera on the right and so this is kind of the classic Cuban team and the classic Cuban question that we've seen for a long time they've got the the bodies the size and the firepower those two other positions setter and libero where Cuba has always 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 been held back has been at those two positions and just in the general ball control level of skill that uh, that a team needs to be a metal sort of player at the world championships that's going to be the thing that holds them back for sure and it's been too long since we've seen cuba play against legitimate competition for me to want to pick them to medal at the world championships we haven't seen them play against anybody real since the like since canada to qualify for the olympics like three years ago like we haven't seen cuba play anybody since then so i I, i'm not sold on their level of their level of ability at, at the world championship level this early, but since they're since because they win this challenger cup, they earn a spot in the 2023 volleyball nations league. That is enough experience and enough time to get prepared to maybe do a little damage at the Olympics in 2024. So that if there's an outside do we, chance, do we think that's going to be an, enough time to work their way up the rankings? Like, is that going to be an, an, enough time to get ready for, because then you only have those two VNLs. You just have to 2023, right. 2024 for Cuba to get ready. Yeah, it's no guarantee that they qualify for the Olympics under the new system, that's, but it, it, that's which, is, thing too, which right? is another question. Yeah, but if they get there, I mean, they can, as far as serving and then just out-of-system attack firepower, they've got it. They've got it as, as well as anybody in the world does. But because they kind of have that passing weakness, they're going to have to really just serve people off the floor to kind of counterbalance that weakness and reception to have a chance against people. I don't, I don't see that at the world championships this year. I think it's too soon, but maybe two years from now after like two v- a world champs and two VNLs. I one thing, one thing, one thing I think we should talk about too, though, is that no one really has any good video in Cuba, right? No one has, no one has anything on them. And I mean, we see it a lot on the beach side of things where, 
Cuban teams will show up to the world championships and go on a run, right? Because no one's seen them. No one knows them. No one knows how good they are. And let's be honest, like this Cuban team is very, very good. If you have Yant, if you have Simone, you have Lopez, like all three of those guys are world-class guys that can play with the best of them. We saw it from Yant this year. Lopez is the best player on a very, very good Santa Cruzero team. And Simone is Simone. I think the biggest question for me with Cuba is their setter is going to be Goida. Their libero, it's 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 kind of a wash for me. I think he does a good job, but setting is always going to be the question. But I honestly I could see Cuba making some like making some damage. They're in a pool with Brazil, Qatar, and Japan uh, to start kick off the World Championships. Wow, I that's see them, a really I see them, interesting pool. I see them coming out of second, second out of that, and you know Cuba's going to bring it. Like Simone and Yant and, and Lopez aren't going to want to take it to Brazil. Like, I mean, I could like if Brazil is the Brazil that we've seen this year, and as hot and as cold as they be. It's not out of this world that Cuba wins that pool and then puts them in a great themselves in a great spot moving forward. You know, especially with just this single limit, you're not repooling like this garbage women's tournament that's going to be going on. We don't have any respect for our athletes, and we're just going to keep them like that. But regardless, like I don't know, I could see Cuba doing some damage at this World Championship. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it's it's not impossible. I mean, they they've got to kind of catch lightning in a bottle with out ball controlling teams. They're not going to out ball control either Brazil or Japan, but they could out firepower them. I mean, yeah, good point in the chat. Simone is going to destroy the Japanese middles in that pool match at World Championships. I cannot wait to see his stat line in that one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see about this Cuban team later on this year. It'll be a good chance to see them against real competition. Uh, but next year they will play volleyball nations league it's been a while they've been trying to chip away at that spot get back to challenger cup uh they lost to slovenia a couple years ago and finally they're they're back uh, i do want to talk about turkey yeah. also um and it's just kind of this tournament in general bit of a weird tournament because it's just eight team single elimination like the format is simple but four of those teams flew all the way to south korea to only play one match like that that is not ideal and not really all that efficient. And then they played a third-place I mean, match for literally no reason, which means just nothing at all. But, I mean, the stakes of this tournament are obvious, right? When you go to VNL, if not, sorry. What is with some of these rosters? There, I don't know if there was a single team here that like legitimately was a contender that brought all of their couple of players that play like elite-level European or otherwise club volleyball, like, Turkey didn't have anybody a- apart from Adislak Lumjia. And Cuba, I guess, well, if, like if, Simon if, was hurt. Simon had COVID. Yant was hurt. Czechia had none of their guys whose names we actually yeah. know. Like, what is that, up with that? No Desranak, no Hadrava. Both of those guys were just out for the summer for, for Czech. I know that F.A. Byram, he did get injured final of the uh, gold league for turkey so that's probably why why he wasn't there uh re- representing them otherwise you know we know that the uh the man going to uh Cisterna next year would would probably be there for turkey but um i do think that it's just kind of a random tournament to 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 play for it's it's you know i I'm not entirely sure how how many of these athletes wanted to play in the gold league and i'm assuming that to play in the gold league you'd have to you know, to play in this this sort of event, you'd have to also play in the gold league. You can't just join for the end. Like you can't that just go play. Be. You can't yeah. just go play the uh, VNL finals if you haven't played in the regular uh, the regular group stage. Um, it were, sorry, if you're not on the roster for the regular group stage. So maybe some of these players are just like, you know what, I, I'm not into it. You know, didn't we didn't we hear that Desranak is is looking to be changed to Italian citizenship? Yeah, I don't think so, he's in, I don't think he's in the mix for Czechia anytime soon. But no. I mean, yeah, no Hadrava, no Lucas Vashina. 
Um, I know Michael Fingaro. Like, I mean, Marek Schotelo was the only guy there that I had ever heard of before. Like the lefty was the backup yeah. oppo on Berlin. He was the only one who had ever I had ever heard of. And they, they got yeah. stomped pretty cleanly by Cuba in the semifinals. Yeah, I, I mean, at the end of the day, Cuba, Cuba, like, for all intents and purposes, Cuba should have been the VNL this year, right? The right thing to do would have been from uh, the, the FIVB to be like, okay, Russia's out, next best team, next highest ranked team, which is Cuba. Uh, let's put it in there. But obviously, money has to be an, a, a factor. That's why they brought in China. Um, and that will also, the, also, this marks the end of Australia uh, from the VNL. So we'll do yep. uh, a quick little prayer and say our RIPs to Australia. <laughs> yeah, rest in peace, Australia. I mean, yeah, not not really had that much else to talk about about this tournament. I mean, no. Cuba Cuba's up to twelfth in the world. Like that's pretty high. Remember, VNL got sixteen teams, so like they're they're gonna they're gonna belong just fine next year. Yeah, Cuba's up to twelfth in the world, and they've played like c-level teams all summer long so i can't believe um, they keep getting they, points from any of these we, we will get to see them play uh here on canadian soil next week uh at the pan am cup i'm not going to guarantee anything just yet but i'm looking at going we may have some sweet sweet baseline videos from the entirety of that event uh which would, would be a lot of fun still if, if anyone wants to donate uh to my to my stay there we'd love we'd love to take donations but uh but yeah, may may get to see Cuba up up close and personal next week, Rob. Ooh, I do love a good volleyball's first baseline highlight video. Uh, so we'll certainly hope that works out. Uh, anything else on men's Challenger Cup? Because we've got to move on to the women's, which had no, maybe a little even more drama. A little and bit. And eh? that drama is that Croatia at home wins the women's FIVB Challenger Cup. They beat Belgium in the final three to one. Samantha Fabris, well-deserved MVP with 31 points. 31 points in That's four huge. sets. That's 30 for 54. Like 54 attempts and 426 efficiency is a beastly, beastly performance. That was extremely impressive. And Croatia, let me look up where they're ranked in the world on the women's side because it cannot be all that all that high up there. Uh, they will play VNL next year. Yeah, 19th Croatia because of winning uh, c- winning a couple of those matches at Challenger Cup. They've moved up to 19th in the world on the women's side. They will play VNL next year. And Everett, my heart just breaks for Belgium. Absolutely. My I heart mean, breaks if, for Belgium. For, 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 all, for all intents and purposes, both of these teams should be in VNL and Korea should be bye-bye. Agreed. Korea should, Agreed. should be gone right let's go back to this korea only won three sets belgium won four matches there's no absolute reason that korea shouldn't be here um so it's 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 absolutely disgusting the fact that belgium is is dead and belgium is gone um you know we we tip our hats to to brit herbots you would have thought that four four matches won uh right you you win win a third of your games at the vnl and you get kicked that that blows that that really sucks for for belgium but at the same time great job uh croatia and samantha fabrice that's a beastly performance by her 31 points put the team on her back and they got the job done they did get the job done and again ever it's exactly the same thing that we talked about on the men's side belgium just two one player dominated brit herbots had 68 attempts 68 attacking attempts in four sets and, and that only, is absolutely only six insane. Errors. Only six errors, right? She made less errors than Fabrice, had way more swings. Just 41 continues, though. 
right? I didn't want. got dug forty-one times. Like yeah. that's more swings than most people take in a tournament. But uh, how much of it was out of system? Twenty efficiency. Uh, probably a lot. Like a lot of the, they throw her up pipe balls to hit against triple blockers because yeah. it's honestly their best option. And I mean, I don't blame her for not being all that efficient when you take 68 swings and everybody knows the ball's going to you. But I mean, in, come on, in, Belgium. In three matches, she has, was set the ball 119 times. That's just... No, sorry, 195. Yeah, I have sorry, 195. 195. <laughs> 195, 119. Because I was, I was reading false at the same time and it's, it's she made 19 errors. But yeah, no, 195 sets in three matches for Brit Her, Herbots. That is absolutely foul. Like that's that's, that's so much, so 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 much volume, and the worst part about it is that they they come away with nothing. I mean, they they go four and eight at VNL. They get relegated on tiebreakers, even though Korea sits there at zero and twelve. They get to the finals of Challenger Cup and lose to a hot Croatian team in Croatia, where Samantha Fabris was a beast, and then Bojana Butigan deserves a lot of credit too. As she played middle for. I think she was on Canaliano the first half of the year, then transferred to Bergamo. So, like, she's a, an Italian league caliber middle blocker. I know in the semis, I think she had eight blocks in the semifinals, which is crazy, and uh, 12 points in the finals. Croatia had just more balance, and they were more prepared for the particular matchup to try and shut down Britt Herbots because that was the only thing they had to do. They win Challenger Cup, and now Belgium, with the top five outside hitter in the world, is going to have to grind through Golden League again next year. That's just totally, totally not fair. No, it's it's a huge hit for for Belgium. Um, obviously, it's a huge for relief for Croatia on the other side. But yeah, Belgium definitely getting the short end of the stick um, in the, from this one. And yeah, I mean it's it's unfortunate, but unfortunately that's the way it is. Money makes the world go round. Unfortunately, it makes people go around even more. And uh, Korea's got a lot of it, even though their team is absolute garbage so and so bad. Have- you know, social turmoil going on with all of their top players getting relegated and not only volleyball, but a lot of other sports. Uh, but yeah, let's just, let's just put them up there and give them a, a bot to shine at VNL uh, and to be really, really mediocre uh, once again, or not even mediocre, just absolute ha- down, downright terrible. Bad. Yeah. Bad. I mean, Kim Young-kun doesn't play and they're just a total waste of space in the tournament. So there's a question in the chat. Why was Belgium relegated? I mean, I think we've, We've talked about it enough on this show, like the difference between a core team and a challenger team in VNL, which is totally arbitrary, except on the the amount of money in the team's pockets. And so, and the the thing that really drove me crazy is like to try and build hype for world championships. The volleyball world Instagram has been posting some clips about the teams, and last night they posted Team Korea. This team gained a lot of valuable experience from the 2022 VNL that they can use for the 2022 World Championships. Hashtag electrifying 2022. And uh, I think I got a lot of messages because I commented immediately something like valuable experience. They won three sets in 12 matches. Like, what are we doing here? I, what, a, what an absolute waste of space. It is crazy that they're in VNL for the foreseeable future. If they go 0-12 again next year, like, and which they will if Kim doesn't play, then what are we doing with this tournament? It just delegitimizes it even more. It's terrible. But I mean, the starting of this tournament was de- like illegitimate in the first place, right? Like <laughs> yeah, part of the reason they started the VNL is because they didn't want to relegate Italy, Italy from the men's yeah. side because they finished in last place at the, in the World League in, in in 2017. So I mean, like that's always been the name name of this game, right? It's to 
cater to those volleyball countries um, that actually, you know, like volleyball and and follow it, like the Japans, like the the Poland's, the Brazils, Italy's, and, and whatnot, um, and then bankrupts the rest of us. Like it's it's really what happens. That's brutal. So. Uh, uh, Croatia does deserve credit, though. I mean, sure, they had home court advantage, but they were definitely the better team. Definitely the better team in the final, and uh, Samantha Fabris was a beast. So they'll play VNL. Uh, I don't have all that high of expectations for their VNL next year compared to Cuba's on the men's side. I, I would be, I would be stunned if Croatia made the playoffs next year's VNL. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Cuba on the men's side made the playoffs. No, no, a- absolutely not. But I mean, I do have higher hopes than I do for Korea, uh, for Croatia. So, <laughs> um, yeah, a- absolutely. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll get relegated after winning uh, five games next year, just because Kuro- Kuro- uh, you know, Korea is 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 still around. But uh, yeah, who knows? Uh, one thing we have coming in from the chat too. Big shout out to Luke Perry, who played his 250th game for Australia uh, in the five set loss to Korea. Um, kind of one of like one of the there's there's two three big shames for me for Australia getting relegated first and foremost, um, Dave Preston, not getting a second shot at VNL, my boy, uh, from McMaster university, of course, still the head coach down there of the volley Uh Second, second one is not getting to see Lorenzo Pope play at that high level. He was one, one, one shining spot for Australia this year. And then finally, I do think Perry is one of the top liberos in the world. And it's a shame that he won't be around at that level next year. Agreed. Uh, we will get to see Lorenzo Pope as a backup in Modena, however. Yeah. Uh, that is a very juicy transfer. That, and he's probably not going to get a lot of playing time, but that's been... No, but the, it's huge. It's huge. It's, it's, huge. it's, it's massive. Yeah, that's been the, the formula that we've seen the past several years. Take a young, crazy athletic prospect, send them to the bench of a really, really, really good team and see what you can make out of them. I see, you mean, you mm-hmm. see how Marlon Yant is playing right now. He's a great example, so that's a cool move. But especially too for a country like Australia, like if you think about their their biggest, their best player on the international stage, like what? Like are we going to go with uh, Paul Carroll, who dominated at Berlin for years? Like I think that's their their biggest mark on on the professional stage, like that. So with Pope coming in, like other other than than Perry, I know Perry's played quite a bit, but sorry, Eric Shoji, I know that you have this com- this complaint, but I mean, libero isn't. Uh, is probably is definitely the the least glorified of all the positions. So you know you can't give him that much. But a guy like Pope going into play for Modena, like that's that's going to be valuable, insanely valuable for the Australian national team moving forward. Yeah, I like that move a lot. Okay, anything else about Challenger Cup? I mean, it's not that significant of a tournament, but now we know the fields for next year's VNL, and I think we all now we just have a little bit of dead time before World Championships. Yeah, no, that's that's about it. Congrats, Croatia. Congrats, Cuba. Double C's are heading to uh, heading to the VNL. All right, uh, Everett. Before we move on, we got a couple other things to get to in the show, and then uh, we want to encourage people to get active in the YouTube live chat so we can ask any random questions and kind of steer the discussion for the next twenty or thirty minutes. Uh, but before that, Everett, let the people know about two very important things. The first of which is that volleyball dot store. Absolutely. If you like the merch that I wear, if you like the merch that obviously not the we don't have nice Nike Purdue stuff. Um, should. <laughs> but, you know, if you like the, the merch that Rob usually wears, head on over to that volleyball dot store. It's going to be the home of all of the nine by nine and spicy volleyball merch. Um, we've got the make make volleyball great series. Uh, we got a couple of other fun things over there. So make sure to go check it out. It's one way to support us um, and help fuel our dreams of volleyball volleyball dominance so come uh, come pick up some merch 
And, and uh, then, second of all, absolutely can't forget about Bet US. You know what? Um, Johnny Boy, who's part of the Discord, all big shout out to the Volleyball Discord. If you're not a part, come join Johnny Boy from the Volleyball Discord. Has been absolutely killing it on Commonwealth Games bets recently. Um, like he's up like a few thousand dollars. I'm not even kidding me. He was like telling me about it the other day. Like he was trying to get get me to do something uh, to, to hit a bet today, but it ended up not being available. Like it said it, it was going to be. But regardless, right? If you guys head over to Bet US, they are America's favorite sports book. They've been around since 1994. And use the code Volley125 when you click on the link just below here. You're going to get 125% deposit bonus. Deposit it. $100, you're going to get 225 That's absolutely massive. It's literally free money. So you make sure you use the link below. Head over to BetUS. As I said, since 1994, they've been around since before the internet. And use the code VOLLEY125 and get 125% uh, in, in, in bonus. I, I don't know what else to tell you. It's a, it's a great deal. Free money. Free to like. money. All right. Uh, we've got a couple more things to jump into, but uh, one of them is a point that was just brought up in the chat. There's some early... Just a little bit of early news relating to the World Championships. So uh, if you're not aware, uh, the national team season is not over yet just because VNL and Challenger Cup are over. Uh, This is a World Championship year. So the Men's World Championships start in less than a month. I think August like 26th uh, is is the start of Men's World Championships. And then uh, Women's is about a month later uh, at the end of September into the first part of October and with the men's being so soon we're starting to hear about some very very early roster moves some preliminary roster additions some subtractions and uh, we've got one big one of each on the men's side that we wanted to bring up Uh, we'll start with the one that was brought up in the chat like I called Everett I don't remember if this was on a show or just in conversation or whatever but as soon as Alan Souza uh, Brazil's young like heir apparent starting opposite. As soon as he tore his Achilles in VNL, I said almost immediately, okay, that means for world championships, we're getting the return of Drake himself, Wallace D'Souza, and sure enough, uh, Wallace D'Souza is back. So it'll probably be Wallace and Darlin uh, on the right sides for Brazil at world championships. But I think that that instantly raises Brazil's stock. Do you agree with Wallace coming back? Yeah, I do think skinny Drake coming back is going to be a good thing <laughs> for Brazil. Um to be honest, though, I, like, I just don't know how much he has left in the, the tank, right? We've seen him struggle at times the past few years, like looking back at a weird season with Sport Toto last year. Um, but ultimately, like you said, without Alan Souza, this team can't really go anywhere. Uh, like we're seeing it in, in the chat. Darlin is just a kid. Hopefully he can get there, but he's a bit undersized, I think. And I, I absolutely agree. Uh, I do think that Darlin Souza does do some good things, but he is very undersized. Um, and he needs some other players to step up. And to be honest, like Leal and Lucarelli haven't really been, they haven't really been putting out like they need to be uh, so far for, for Brazil. So adding in Wallace really, really, it, it give me a lot more confidence from Brazil, but I'm still questioning them right now. I'm still like the shake. Like my faith in Brazil has been shaken more so than it's ever been in my entire knowledge of the volleyball world. For me, they've always been a rock. It's like Canada hockey. If they don't make the medal rounds, it's an absolute, you know, travesty. But Brazil to me is, is, is very, is very, very shaky. Just got a, a chat that came in that says, I don't think Wallace will make a big difference. Brazil's problem is the outsides, which it may be. But I do think he adds uh, 
a safe space for Bruno to set to, right? Bruno might be the best setter for setting behind his head in the world, right? Those right side balls to Lucas are legendary. Setting to the right side for, for him is, is so natural and so clean. And I think it just gives him a little bit like someone that he knows and trusts fully with Wallace on the right side, as opposed to either of the Sousas. Yeah, I agree. I, I, uh, is Wallace fit enough to play at the high level come World Championships? Yes, absolutely. Uh, he had a really good club season with Sada Crucero with Miguel Lopez there. It was a better club season than previously when he was randomly there in Turkey. And then he came off of that club season, was uh, MVP last year's VNL. So uh, I definitely have faith in, in, in Wallace. I do think it helps Brazil. I still don't know if I necessarily necessarily to pick them to get to the podium like they in a previous life they were just guaranteed to do every year. Uh, the other roster move Everett for World Championships is a subtraction, a very interesting one. End of an era. The end of an era. No Ivan Zaitsev on the World Championships roster for the Italian men. Now this is weird because he he, he played at VNL like he was. They kind of carved a roster spot for him and brought him to VNL the last two or three weeks, including the finals, even though he didn't start. Uh, he didn't start over Yuri Romano, and he barely played that much. And so they they kept that spot open for him. They got they gave him limited action, and now they just leave him off the World Champs roster entirely. I'm wondering if that's just like Zaitsev's underperformance or if, if something else might have happened that we don't know about yet. But sure enough, like you said, it is the end of an era. I remember watching Ivan Zaitsev in like in person in 2012 before those Olympic games and he was still playing outside hitter and was just a freak. And uh this, yeah. this might be it for him with the national team. Yeah, no, I think it is it, it it for the national team, right? Because if they don't bring him to the World Champs this year, you know they're not going to call on him for VNL next year, no. right? You have you have your two guys. You have Romano and Penali. Personally, dude, Penali's terrible. They Yeah, really- that's I'm, I'm I this is I don't really understand this move by Di Giorgi. <laughs> Um, and trying to read all of the like terribly tra- Google translated articles uh, about this in Italian is like they just keep on bringing up his hair and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm wondering if that's like they, they bring up the hair, they bring up like the shoe issue a lot. Um, I remember the shoe issue, yeah, right, right. So, like, they bring up a lot of random stuff like that. And I just wonder if at the end of the day, like, Giorgi and uh, and Zaitsev are just not on the same page. Um, and I just wonder if they're just going in a different direction from what what he offers. I, I do like maybe he was a little vocal about not getting any playing time who who really knows uh but it is to, to be honest the end of an era and he's the last member of that old italian squad who's left and let's be honest he was the most important one for a while um you know if we think back to the way he turned things around for them in the uh, semifinals of the 2016 Rio Olympics like i would like to not talk about that match if you don't yeah mind. i mean much 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 to your dismay right um but let's be honest, like Z- Ivan Zaitsev has been and continues to be because he's still playing professionally, right, for Lube. So it's not like he's gone, but like has been and continues to be one of the most um, awe-inspiring players that, we, that we've seen in a long time. So it's, 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 it's sad that he's no longer going to be playing for the Azuri. Yeah, that is a bummer. Uh, I'm, I mean, I've been victimized by him on the national team stage way too many times. There was a match when he served four aces in a row to win a match, at like I don't know, World League 2015-ish, maybe. Uh, where at home he just like ripped four aces in a row, just out of nowhere, and just ripped their hearts out. We being the U.S., that was a bummer. Yeah, Olympics 2016, whatever. But we do get to still watch Ivan Zaitsev for Lube, and that's going to be an interesting one to follow, by the way, because 
Lube's got some big, big problems with the foreigner limit this year, and they're going to need Ivan Zaitsev to play basically always uh, because they, yeah. they have a foreign setter, two foreign middles, uh, two foreign outside hitters, then one Italian outside hitter, which is Mattia Botolo, and then an Italian libero on Fabio Belasso. So to have that third guy, it's basically got to be Ivan Zaitsev unless they have like mm-hmm. a fourth outside hitter that they can play sometimes. But they're, uh, the, we're not done talking That's about it. Uh, Zabar Dormark's going to Trentino, and then so that's not going to okay. count. Yeah, sorry. So wait, real quick, Rob. Let's let's figure this out because we, we have a few options here. A, we can talk about transfers. B, yep. we could finish what's in our show notes, or C, we could answer some questions that are coming in on the chat right now. Let's do both of those. Let's end the show with sort of our uh, macro volleyball world news. Let's end the show with that, and right now go to the chat for some just player let's discussion and, and club stuff. Uh, opinion on Romano. I think he's good, not great. Would love to see Italy run three outside hitters like Trentino. Uh, I, di- I I don't disagree with that. We kind of talked about it on last week's show as we were recapping the VNL, how Italy had that really disappointing finish in the finals. I don't love what I'm seeing out of Romano. Uh, he obviously had that like magical clutch run <clears throat> to win European Championships last year. He's too erratic for me, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. his out-of-system scoring potential I don't think is that high. What I do like out of him is that he's f- just fearless and has great short-term memory loss. He's kind of a, a just a blind idiot <laughs> on the right side, which I love. You you absolutely want that. You want a guy who can... Oh, he's a bit have, of a meathead. He's a bit of a meathead. He's a meathead, sure. absolutely. So yeah, either you bomb a ball straight down or you hit the back wall on a fly. You forget about that immediately and you move on to the next play. Romano can do that. I like that, but is he the future at opposite for Italy long term? I'm I'm not convinced yet. What I who I want to see is Tommaso Stefani, and I think he's he's uh, coming off a minor injury, which is why he wasn't on the VNL roster at all. But if he's healthy, I want to see him in the mix for World Championships. He's way better than Giulio Pinali for sure. Yeah, I mean to be honest, I think I do kind of scratch my head on letting Zaitsev go because of. Giulio Panali, but I do agree that this is Romano's team on the right side now. He's not going to be your traditional right side. I think he he to me he's just not mentally tough, right? And I think that he's one of those players, like he's one of those very physical and athletic players that you know, like you said, he has short term memory loss. But in those clutch moments, like when on, he can perform. But otherwise, he doesn't have the consistency and the wherewithal to stay focused. And to be that, you know, that type of player on the level, getting to see him on uh, in person on a regular basis. He just seems a little his mechanics and the way he jumps and the way he swings and the way he does everything are just a little bit off to me, you know, and it's just that lefty curse that every lefty ever is just (laughs) a little bit weird, Weird. you know, a a little bit weird. weird. (laughs) Every left footer in soccer is a little bit weird, you know lefties are just are just weird in general and so he had he has a little bit of about that but uh i do like stephanie as well but i'm not entirely sure if he's he's the answer uh either um i think most i think primarily that's why they went with a guy like julio Pinali because he so has so much reference points and and familiarity with everyone around him and they can play that small ball faster ball system system with him and they hit he he can block and he can serve he can't he can't but i think but but i think that's that's what they just that's just what they need him to do in that scenario you know and you're going to make him block you're going to make him serve and you're going to make him like have a, a low number of sets on the right side and Gianelli is going to manage that and allow the left sides and the that's middles a, to run a um, horrible horrible way to construct a team if you're going to do that I mean I, I agree but I don't I, I 
I agree, but I don't think, uh, like, I don't know if Italy has that many more options, right? That's, yeah. that's, here's, that's, here's that's kind of what I really yeah, I saw this, this comment. <laughs> Romano <laughs> reminds me a bit of Hedrava. Both lefties and both go up and kind of hit it as hard against against the block as he can, hope for the best. Uh, yes, but Romano contacts the ball about two feet higher than Hedrava does. So, yeah, uh, absolutely. Romano uh, is still young and athletic and still can right. still do things. Uh, two Jacks, who we love. He's our boy. Uh, pick a team outside the Big Five. France, Poland, USA, Brazil, Italy to win the world championship. Um, I, I wouldn't even put Brazil in that Big Five, even with Wallace. I just wasn't convinced with what I saw at VNL. I'll keep Ooh, him there for now. To win or to medal? Oh, man. I don't know if I see a team outside of that group winning because the absence of Russia. I think they would be a huge wild card, but they're clearly not going to be in that mix. Ooh, I don't know. I would really have to think about that one. I don't know. Maybe, I maybe, uh, maybe I don't know. Argentina out of the clouds could get Dechecko like, and Facundo Conte back. If, I don't if, know. If you get Checo and Facundo Conte back, then maybe. But you're still missing Soleil. Like he's done. You know, I, I you have Lozier absolutely, but I'm not entirely sure. Like who, who are they going to go with the number two? Maybe Ooh, maybe a Serbia. Maybe I mean they. They they looked promising early in VNL, then they brought the starters back and actually got worse. Weirdly, I don't know. Yeah. But they, have, they have the talent if they get Kovacevic back. I don't know. Honestly, uh, I don't Iran see Iran in the chat. I definitely don't see that. They're like way yeah. too weak at like four out of the seven positions. Man, I don't know. Like the Dutch, like maybe no. Namir goes off. Like no. maybe Twins, Twinstra just like you know just. It becomes way better all overnight, and and honestly, I don't see any of any team outside of the top five. Maybe Japan. No, maybe no, not not a chance. They're going to play Cuba in pools. How's that going to go? Why isn't Soleil playing? He retired from the Argentinian national team. He is renationalizing to be Italian so that he can mm-hmm. play for Perugia, not count against the foreigner limit. So uh, no more Soleil for Argentina, dude. I, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of going to go with Serbia on this just because they've got. They've got two elite middles that they've been there before. They, uh, what what tournament did they win last? Like Euros in twenty sixteen or eight seventeen or nineteen or no? I think whichever year it was. Nations League recently. They, they won World League. Know. They won World League twenty sixteen. Whatever. I'm gonna go with Serbia, but that's a very difficult question. Um. Yeah. I'm gonna go with Japan just because, but I true. I truly don't believe that. Um, all right. One thing I did see a question in here. Um, um, where is the question? Oh, is, is Sharon coming back for world champs or he still, is he still shooting threes? Um, it looks like he's still shooting threes. Uh, last I heard Sharon has not had any contact with the Canadian men's national team whatsoever. Um, and that's all I can really talk about it on that at the at the time he will not be coming to world champs. Uh, the only addition to the Canadian roster most likely will be the addition of Stephen Marshall, uh, very very much needed in the uh, libero position. Um, but yeah, definitely no uh, no Shawan Vernon Evans for Team Canada at uh, World Championships. Do you think Arthur Schwartz is going to be healthy enough in time to play opposite at that tournament? That would be pretty nice. It could be. It could be. I hadn't thought about Schwartzy playing on on the opposite. Um, it might be a, a nice little plug and play there. I'm not entirely sure how healthy he is at the yeah, moment. Yeah, I don't. I, don't I know haven't. I haven't heard about anything at all about him being in Canada gym. But um, I hey, I might be going to Ottawa next next week, and I, I might be able to to, to figure that out. Um, 
But yeah, it, it, it would be nice to have Schwartz. It, regardless if he's in the middle on the right side, I don't really care. We need him in on either position. Um, maybe play a little bit of both. That might be really difficult to do <laughs> at the international level, uh, especially the World it. Championships. Um, but to be honest, if there's any player that could do it, it would be Schwartz just because of his approach to the game. Like it's it's very like primal and it's very like it's very intense. Like he's just he's just a beast of a dude. So speaking of the Pan Am Cup, I'm looking it up. Wow, Everett, it's a true and utter miracle. The Norseca has an actually functioning website, and I actually found the information that I need. This is yeah, crazy. It, yeah, it, it wasn't. Uh, it's not that hard to to look it up there. Wow, unbelievable. Good, good for them getting with the 21st century. Yeah, uh, I don't know that much about this tournament. Um, it's you were you were at this tournament in 2019. So this. Oh, I've been at this tournament many, many, many times. Many times. Tell, uh, us about, Am- tell us about the Pan Am Cup because there's a chance you're going to be there next week. Tell us about it. There's there's a chance that I'm going to be there uh, next week. Uh, basically, the Pan Am Cup is uh, a conjoined effort between uh, the Norseca and the South American, the CSV. Um, so you have some of the top players on, on either side. Before the Pan Am Cup was like back in 2011, the Pan Am Cup was the first step in the World League qualification. So how Canada... Basically, Canada beat Mexico in the quarterfinals, and they were the highest-ranked team not already in in the World League at at the, at the time. Um, so it's a little bit different every year. I'd say the women's event is is much much bigger. Usually, the women's event was always coming in was always one of the first events of the season. So you'd like the U.S. would send their team, Brazil would send their teams, and and all of that stuff. This one's going to be pretty fun. I mean, Cuba's sending their full team. Um, I know that the U.S. is going to send a B team. Brazil is going to send a B team, I think, either or maybe a U23 team. Uh, and then Canada is going to send a B team uh, as well. Puerto Rico, Mexico, Dominican Republic, Chile, Cuba, all sending their A teams. So I think yeah, that's... Let me, let me run down uh, the pools really, really quick because I've got them up. Yeah, Pool A is the Dominican Republic, the United States, Chile, and Cuba. Pool B, Brazil, Puerto Rico, Canada, and Mexico. And yeah, I agree with you. I think... The best team in in those eight that's going to send their optimal team has got to be it's, Cuba, I would think. Yeah, because that that's the team that's gearing up for world like world championships. You know, they just played Challenger Cup, head to Gatineau, do some preparations there, and then head to uh, World Championships. I'm pretty sure I saw Ronnie talking about that. Uh, uh, Ronnie talking about that uh, in in the Discord one day. But I mean, these pools very lopsided. Group A with the USA and and uh, Cuba, obviously, it's going to be a B team from the USA, but Chile and Dominican Republic. Eh, I mean, Tapia is pretty nice for for the Din- Dominican Republic. Uh, and then you got Vicente Paraguay, who uh, actually played his university ball up here in Canada at Laval. Um, and he's the top scorer for Chile, but I mean, they're not much. But I do think that Group B is going to be interesting because Puerto Rico and Mexico are going to be sending their A teams and then Canada and Brazil are going to be having the B teams. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun, fun Actually, to watch. Yeah. Those be a pretty good pool. So yeah, uh, this tournament starts a week from today, uh, August 9th next week. It's in Gatineau uh, just across the river from Ottawa. So there's a chance Everett's going to be there. So follow along with volleyball source like here on YouTube and on Instagram. If you want to follow that tournament. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see what the U S does uh, see the, some of our younger prospects in action, like some of the guys that were on the 25-man VNL roster that never played, uh, might get a look at this tournament. So we'll see about that. Uh, anything else on Pan Am? Because there are two. These two last two pieces of news that I want to talk about this show are very interesting. So anything else before we move on to those? No, 
Um, I mean, I, I was, I, I'm interested to see who's going to be coaching this American team. Oh, good point for, for you guys. Yeah, right? I haven't, like, I, I haven't read anything about it yet. Probably the next couple of days they'll announce something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, do you want to move to the last pieces of news, or do you want to do some transfer stuff? Uh, let's just jump to the last pieces of news because I think we could easily spend 15 minutes on this and then uh, do more preparation for transfers. So. Okay. Two pieces of news that came out in the last day, or really yesterday, both of these pieces of news dropped, both relating to Volleyball World. And again, for those of you who aren't super familiar, Volleyball World is the media corporation um, that came into existence a couple years ago. That's a, a joint effort between the FIVB, who's still like the organizational fundamental kind of base of global volleyball, and then CBC Capital is that $300 million investment we've heard a lot about the last couple of years. Volleyball World is CEO'd by Finn Taylor. Uh, the FIVB is still like Dr. Ari Grassa or whoever that, that old guy is. So Volleyball World is a newer entity that runs all the media. The, they've, they've created Volleyball World TV. They've really become like the, the front-facing digital uh, department, basically, of the FIVB. So that's what Volleyball World is. And they've announced two things, two new partnerships the last couple of days. The first uh, is a content sharing agreement with Volleyball Magazine. So Volleyball Magazine, uh, their website is volleyballmag.com. And uh, they are at VB Magazine on Instagram. This is a really, really like well-respected and long-standing platform, mostly based here in the U.S. Uh, so a North American like journalistic entity getting this level of access to volleyball world content is a really good piece of news and to me shows a sort of an, an investment of volleyball world into like into presenting volleyball in to the north american market and in a north american way because ever like you and i've talked about a bunch on this show in North America, we cover sports way differently than the rest of the world does. We go way more in depth. There's a lot more reading. There's a lot more stats. There's a lot more like long form analysis. There's shows like this, which doesn't really exist elsewhere in the world. So uh, for Volleyball Magazine, their main editor is Lee Feinswag. Uh, they've got Blair Lambert, who's in the Discord. Those guys have been doing this for a very long time, way back when it was a printed magazine. So to have Don't volleyball, forget Travis Mer Merwer there as well. Too. Yeah, on the, beach side. on the on the beach side and with the, the Sandcast podcast and stuff like that. And I truly think that that's where the the link came with Volleyball World because he's been doing some uh, right some uh, commentating for them. Beach one of World, one of one of the few good ones we have over on the beach side. It's it's rough over there. Once again, guys, I'm here. <laughs> Give me a call. I don't know how many other people need to ad advise you to hire me, but hey, uh, let's do it. But yeah, honestly, maybe it means something potentially. Uh, maybe we can partner with them uh, down the line and, and help them out, uh, especially with America. Is, uh, it, it would be nice to uh, get a little bit more representation and stop you know, congratulating Korea uh, for going 0-12. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so this is good news. Uh, this is good news if you... Uh, are in North America and you like reading or just consuming sports in sort of a, a, that like online magazine sort of fashion where there's lots of articles being written and it's just a good up-to-date news source, uh, go to volleyballmag.com or at VB Magazine on Instagram. Uh, support those guys because they now will have more direct access to first-party Volleyball World content. So that's really good news. The other piece of news is honestly maybe an even bigger one. 
Uh, Way this bigger. Is, this is Massively huge. Massively bigger. Huge, huge. Especially for me being, uh, I, I live in Chicago, which is the home, the headquarters of the Big Ten Network. Uh, I am an alumnus of a Big Ten University. I've got the Purdue shirt on in celebration. Volleyball World TV, which is the platform we've all come to know and love, where you watch VNL, where you watch World Championships. Uh, they picked up the rights to the Italian domestic leagues this past year. They have further expanded their reach, and they now have partnered with the Big Ten Network to broadcast the women's NCAA conference that is the Big Ten on Volleyball World TV worldwide this fall for the NCAA women's season. This is a very big deal. So there have been, there have been some questions on the Discord about this for people who aren't from the States or who aren't from at least North America and are kind of confused about how the NCAA and how NCAA volleyball is structured. So I'll break it down really quickly. Basically, the NCAA is the yeah National Collegiate Athletic administration i think is what it stands for it's everyone knows what the ncaa stands for not not this is my my favorite rob moment ever i'm gonna get to it really quick so the ncaa which stands for just get let's just get to it if if you stopped interrupting me i would get to it faster so (laughs) ncaa is huge there's hundreds of member schools they're separated into divisions divisions one two and three and that's based on the size of your school and how competitive you are but within Division One, which is the top one, there's probably 120 schools-ish. That Division One is broken up into conferences. And so the Big Ten, that logo on the screen that stands for Big Ten, is one of the conferences. The conferences in the NCAA used to be based on geography until recently when they've been based on money available from college football. Different discussion entirely. But the Big Ten for women's volleyball is the best conference in the NCAA Division One by far. By far, took took some Uh, time, but we 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 got there. You're right. You're 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 very much right. Hands down, the best conference. Did you know? Actually, on the Big Ten Network, women's volleyball is by far the third most watched sport. It goes men's basketball, sorry, men's football, obviously men's basketball, and then women's volleyball is the only one that's even close to them. No one even touches. It makes so much sense for volleyball world to do this. I've been saying for a long time, the NCAA women's volleyball is the best product we have in volleyball. Bar none. Right, Rob, you you, you, you know it perfectly having gone totally. into these games. But like watching it on TV, it is the best product we have. I hope they're Other not in the commentary, which I'm hopefully trying to fix. But but even even then even then still I would still take some of these somewhat clueless American commentators over the somewhat cl- clueless English commentators <laughs> right like cluelessness versus cluelessness I much prefer the American style of commentating compared uh, opposed to the English style of commentating where it's I'm gonna watch this like a tennis match and not say anything and say lovely wonderful and laugh every every now and again like. <laughs> I, I think this is huge uh, on a number of levels. And honestly, I'm just stoked that I'm going to be able to watch so much more Big Ten volleyball this year and on a legitimate st- stream that I'm not scared is going to give me viruses. Everett, I unfortunately have some bad news for you. Uh, outs- this, this is only going to be available outside of North America on Volleyball World TV anyway. I'm, uh, I'm definitely not in the States. In the States, you've got to go through whatever like cable provider you have or whatever like Big Ten, so like, but- however you access Big Ten Network in the U.S., you'll have to do that. For As for Volleyball World, my understanding is that it's exclusive to the rest of the world, not North America, because we can get it other ways. But that does really kind well, of wait, What about Canadians us? We can't, we, can't, 
yeah, hundred percent. That drafts us the most. We really need a VPN sponsor. That's what. Yeah. that's what we really. That's, need. that's what that's I was what reading in the Discord. I'll I'll try and confirm that exactly what the the market and what the map of coverage for that is. But uh, the Big Ten Network has existed for several years now. It was the first one of its kind where an NCAA conference created their own TV channel. Like the Big Ten Network is literally a TV channel that just 100%. plays Big Ten related content. Of, of live sports, live shows, replays, whatever, it, nonstop, literally 24-7. Their only programming is Big Ten, those 14 schools, 14, soon to be 16, uh, which is crazy. And that, at, the, at the end of the day, like Big Ten is the best. It is, hands down, the best conference. Like, not only for women's, women's volleyball, it's not even close. Like, then, like but all, overall, like, obviously, the SEC is a little, better, a little bit better for football, but, like, I don't know if there's any other – any other conference that dominates in like volleyball, football, basketball, hockey, soccer, gymnastics, like all of those, those schools are top schools and everything. Right. And the, the big 10 for the first time for women's volleyball have actually had a very legitimate media day. It was actually today and yesterday here in Chicago, they had a big 10 media day for volleyball. They had all 14 coaches up. They had a bunch of players from every team doing a bunch of media. There were a lot of great press conferences from a lot of the coaches, uh, a lot of them talking about this exact deal. So that's why the timing of the announcement is what it is. Cause big 10 media day started yesterday. And a lot of the coaches had extremely positive things to say about this. I mean, obviously this is the, the, the biggest entity in the game that is volleyball world as far as worldwide volleyball content production and distribution. And like you said, Everett, I think this is the best individual product that there is in volleyball. It's not the highest level necessarily uh, because there are clearly professional leagues in the world where players get paid to play. And um, the big 10 creates players that go to those leagues. So the big 10, not every, not everybody in the big 10 is going to go on to be a professional volleyball player, but uh, the crowds, the atmosphere, the coverage, uh, the level of play is is very good. It's not professional good, but it's very very good, and it's the closest thing the U.S. has right now to uh, something that is structured similarly to one a league like the Italian league. Like these teams play a conference schedule that's pretty similar to how the Italian league or one of those European leagues, leagues runs their season. And this is going to be a really good look for volleyball fans around the world at how the USA approaches something like this. I wish we had a professional level product to put on this platform, but uh, the, the, the big 10, as far as NCAA conferences go is as good as we have to offer. And I'm really excited it's, it's, to see it's this the number expand one, it's, worldwide. It's the number one like development league in the world, right? Like if you, if you want to like it, I would love to see a competition sometime against like big 10 teams against like Italian a two teams. Right. Because I think that would be, I think that would be really, really interesting. We saw Dana Redke step off the court for Wisconsin right into a Monzo Jersey where she was making an immediate impact for, for a team that's playing at the, at the top level there. So you're going to see like those, those, those stars right now, of the big 10 are the stars tomorrow in Turkey, in Italy, in Poland, in, in, in everywhere. So uh, it, it's, it's a huge move. Absolutely for them, and it's yeah, exactly. honestly. But going back to you know why I think the the NCAA is the best product. I brought this up before. I think it's because of the rules. I think it's because of the 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 substitution rules uh, in the USA and the libero serving rules. Like those things, I think make volleyball a way better product. I'm going to say it. I'm not a purist of the game, right? Let's stop messing with the damn the damn rules. Let's loosen that a little bit and let's add more substitutions, especially in indoor volleyball, right? Let's make rallies longer. Let's give players rest. Like 
it would like don't like I, I want like that's why I love NCAA volleyball because the length of the rallies and how ke- long it keeps going. I love watching DSs make huge moves in the back. I love watching offensive players who ha- aren't tired because they just had to play you know five back row rotations just crush balls in the back row. Let's bring in some American rules to to volleyball, and I think volleyball would take a huge step forward. I couldn't disagree with you more. I hate really? I hate the NCAA women's rules. Absolutely hate them. I, I, I hate the substitutions. I think it produces weak and less well-rounded international players uh, because you, you don't you don't have ever almost never have players that play six rotations and learn every skill. I also don't these, I, I don't like it. For international. Like it, it wouldn't matter. Everyone would be playing that way. Do you really think that the NCAA is going to dictate worldwide volleyball rules instead of the other way around? That's pretty delusional. That's never. I mean, happen. hey, I think if you look at it for, for, for me, one of the reasons why I look at why the NCAA is one of the best products we have, it is, in my opinion, due to the rules. It's, it's due to the rules that we have prolonged rallies. It's due to the rules that we have exciting plays. Like it's due to the rules that these these athletes are a little bit fresher when it when it comes to games because they have that ability to to step off right. Volleyball is a very like anaerobic, yeah, anaerobic, anaerobic sport. Yeah. It's a very anaerobic sport, and yet we expect our players to play in an anaerobic fashion, right? They expect you to play in a soccer type fashion where you're playing the entirety of the game. That game, like soccer, is ninety minutes. That's an hour and a half. A five setter can go into like what two hundred two hundred like like 230 240 that's a long ass game and we're not expecting like any any substitutions that's why i love like the limited substitution i think limits volleyball in so many different ways we're not soccer we're more like football there's unlimited substitutions in football there's unlimited in and outs let's make us more like football that's an interesting argument but i really really hate it for really high level volleyball i can't stand it i just don't like that you can have a player who's useless at ball control and you can set her the ball in three rotations and uh, substitute her out or that you can actually run a six, two and uh, you yeah, but think, burn think of how many more substitutions athletes. on just your setters. I think that's, I think that's yeah, bad for the th- game. Think about how many athletes we're opening the game up to because you're, you're allowing a whole other level of DS players, right? You're, you're, you're bringing so much more athleticism to the game instead of maybe having like a, an awkward, tall, lanky left side who can't really do much, but they're tall and they're kind of all right. You have one left side who's big and tall and can crush balls and another one who's small and fast and passes well and plays good defense. You get the best of both worlds, thus a better product for the fans. I'm not convinced that it is a better product for the fans, but I, I definitely understand those arguments. You will notice that roster sizes in the Big Ten are massive, Huge. enormous, and they've got like six sometimes, six defensive-only players on rosters in the Big Ten, which is just a crazy high number, and they use the substitution rules to get those players in. I don't think it's great for the game. Uh, I, don't, I personally don't like watching it, but uh, those, those are all very fair arguments. But I mean, uh, hey. Football, football. You have an offensive player and a defensive player for every single position. Why not? Why that's not? Why not both things, in volleyball? Oh, that's because why I like about volleyball is that you have to be good at everything. It's not like football where only a very select few players ever touch the ball. Everybody has to touch the ball. Everybody needs that fine skill, that that thing that makes volleyball great at the highest levels. And if you take that away, I think the game gets worse. But uh, Regardless, that that will be a new exposure of a different rule set to an international audience. They're going to see liberos serving in the Big Ten and love be it. very, very confused. Love, I love I hate it. 
I, can't, I love I, it. I hate that you can have one of your middle blockers be a total waste of space serving, and she's allowed to just not serve. It's so stupid. Yeah, but that's like that's once again, it's way better. It's way better for everyone, right? Like, it's why why have a mediocre song on the playlist when you can add in an absolute banger? It just, I I, I don't know. Like you are you are vote like you are arguing for mediocrity right now, and I I don't like that. Like let's get the best amount of, like the best players we can on the court. That that's that's what I want to see, hundred percent. Quality over quantity. Your 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 best seven, eight, or nine players need to be able to actually do every skill instead of being so specialized that they're useless when the ball's in their hands in a way that they're not used to. Like no, at because, the service line. Because like that would be even like right blockers. It, a blocker blocks. You know, a running back runs. This it's it's, it's football is very specialized. Vo- volleyball is football in the sky. Right. This not is, even close. It's not even close oh, to how the game. I'm works. gonna make I am gonna make a video and explaining just how like seriously the closest sport to volleyball is football. And I will die on that bridge hundred percent. It's the they're definitely the two greatest team sports in the world, in my opinion, but the way the games are played are not even close to the same. Anyway, oh, I completely disagree with you. And I and close. I know many people who would disagree many, many high level coaches who would disagree with you as well. All I've right. had this conversation with division one level coaches and division, they full. Yes. Division one level coaches. Yeah. I, I have, I don't know, close to half the big 10 head coaches like in my phone contacts and I'll have to ask them their opinions on that take. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm I, honestly, I'm going to make it. I, it's, a, it's a video I've been wanting to make for a while. I'm going to make it soon. So uh, if, if you're interested in the big 10, pick up a subscription to volleyball world TV. If you're, Definitely, if you're not in the U.S., we'll try and see if we, if we can track down exactly what that covers. Uh, but yeah, this is a big deal. And this, again, another sign that Volleyball World is has turned their eyes towards North America uh, with Volleyball Magazine and with the Big Ten on Volleyball World TV. This is a good sign. And hopefully uh, we at Volleyball Source and maybe like the VLA and other North American entities can jump on this newly focused like redirected focus of the volleyball world organization uh in the correct direction that is north america so we'll see where this thing goes i wouldn't necessarily it's the saying it's the correct direction like in north america but i think they do need to expand uh their their gaze into north america a little bit more um it's not that just asia that matters um (laughs) and you you know it, it seems like they they love they love stuff in in africa and south america and obviously Europe and, and across Asia, but then North America just kind of gets the short end of the stick. So I love the fact that the, the big 10 is, is coming through here. I, for one, am going to be using a VPN all the time to watch all the big fit 10 volleyball because it's awesome. It's once again, best product we have. Yep. I'm going to try and get on the sticks for a lot of those games. Uh, their, their level of commentary has been lacking the last several years. I'm going to try and get in and fix that, especially when they're headquartered in my city, like four miles down the road. So going to work on that as well so but it's be cool to have everything in one place in volleyball world tv like to be able to watch a i don't know a wednesday afternoon super league match and then a wednesday night big 10 match it's pretty sweet the only thing we're missing now is plus liga and Tor- i would liga. really like, yeah Poland. i would really like the polish league really and like and polish. turkey women yeah if, if we could throw a, a english commentary on those two leagues put it all in one place then we'd really be getting somewhere yeah, maybe absolutely. that's the next year or two. We we can only hope. We, well, we ever, anything, only hope. anything else in the chat or anything else before we get out of here? Uh, definitely a little shorter and more kind of open show with not that much going on. Oh, uh, I, 
is it fair to tell the people that we will not be doing a show next week, regardless of if you're in Gatineau or not? I think that's I think that's pretty fair. We want to have much to talk about. Yeah, let's 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 do that. Um, hoping to be in Gatineau next week. Um, hoping to go cover the Pan Am Cup. If you guys have any questions about that, let me know. Um, going to be obviously a lot more key. If I do go to Pan Am Cup, it's not. I'm not going to be doing daily podcasts like we, we were doing in uh in ottawa that's just a little insane because it's just gonna be by myself honestly like and there's gonna be four matches a day and i'm gonna be trying to get in those matches out as soon as possible so it's gonna be mostly just edited editing those matches but if you guys want to see an interviews or have talked to anyone over there uh let me know yep so get in the volleyball source discord uh, we've mentioned it a couple of times that we want to really plug it hard because it is the best online community for volleyball that there is in the world i would say that it's not even close uh if you're if you're here from the volley talk boards like i know there's some people that have been directed to the discord from the volley talk like old forums from the 1990s that are an absolute just joke of a platform for talking about sports in the year 2022 you're really gonna like the volleyball source discord uh people from literally all over the world who are very knowledgeable, very well connected. We get a lot of insider information from there. Uh, we make a lot of really dumb and funny memes about volleyball in there. Uh, just today we were, uh, or I was, I was roasting a uh, Visoto, the old big opposite from Brazil. We were talking trash about legend. old, old meme worthy opposites. I threw his name out there. That got a lot of backlash. That was a fun conversation. So uh, jump in the discord. The link is in the description below. And then, yeah, I think stay tuned here to the YouTube channel as hopefully Everett's pumping out a bunch of baseline footage from Gatineau next week. So we will not do a show next Tuesday. Uh, we will not do a show next Tuesday. We'll be back two weeks from today as we'll have a lot to preview about men's world championships. Yep, absolutely. We're currently at 688 members in the Discord. Um, so, uh, yeah, honestly, I think we could by the end of definitely by the end of world champs have a thousand easily yeah it'll, it'll definitely be the best place to to follow along with world championships so i kind i kind of wanted to say before world championships but i do think maybe let's say halfway through the world championships we'll have a thousand that's how about be our goal. In, in between men's and women's because there's a couple weeks there that's a good goal oh yeah sorry i was just thinking about men's men's world championships yeah so men's men's starts at like i think august 26th uh women's about a month later so we'll talk about a, a lot of those as they come closer here on the show so yeah, thanks for watching, boys and girls. No show next Tuesday. We'll be back two weeks from today. Uh, stay tuned to the Volleyball Source platforms for hopefully a bunch of great footage from Pan Am Cup and Gatineau, and we will see you in two weeks. Everett, uh, travel safe, my friend, if it works out that way, and I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks, dude. You too. Once again, happy belated birthday, and uh, have a good one, guys. We'll see you soon. Thanks for watching, people. Peace.